It's a little bit more of a Tetris, and it's a Tetris for the average carnivores. Carnivore. Oh, gosh. No. Omnivore is what Omnivore. I meant to say. I was going to say, whoa, girl. <laughs> We're going to have to back this shit up. We're going to have to have a conversation. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Uh, for the average omnivore, it's already a little bit of a Tetris, right? Especially if you're not used to it. But what do we always say? The more you practice, the easier it gets. It's a skill. There. Welcome to Tater Talks, two bitches talk fitness. I'm Brooke. And hello, I'm Iris. On this show, we challenge the common understanding of what it means and what it takes to be fit and healthy. We explore all things fitness, nutrition, mindset, and mental health without the fluff and BS. So grab a coffee, get ready to laugh, cry, even learn a thing or two. Let's get into it. Welcome back, everybody. Thank you for joining us today. Brooke, how you doing? I'm doing good. I had a little bit of a scare with Micah on Friday at school, mm. but he's okay. He's doing good. But other than that, yeah, things are going pretty well. Doing good, coaching, living my best life. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Well, I'm glad to hear Micah's okay. Yeah. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm actually getting ready to head out of town for a couple days until Sunday. So that'll be a nice break from real life, sort of. Nice. Fun shit. So, yeah. And then get back, get back and get cracking. I love it. <laughs> love it. <laughs> well, today we're going to talk about protein, the magic macronutrient, as we call it. As you may know, I am with Team BFF now that I'm on the crew running a 28-day shred challenge. And now don't get too excited about the name. It's not a weight loss challenge. It's a building consistent habits challenge. So we're helping about 200 people learn how to track their calories, a lot of them for the first time ever, which is really exciting. Lots of light bulbs going off, right, left, everything. It's just very cool. And at the time of recording, we're only on like day nine of 28. Mm -hmm. And some of these people are really just light bulbs, light bulbs. It's really cool to see. Uh, but one of the things that a lot of people struggle with within and without this challenge is protein. People are not eating enough protein. We have all the misinformation out there about how protein is going to make your liver fall out, etc. <laughs> Which is not true. We just want to offer some ideas on how to get more of that goodness into your life because it's extremely satiating. It's the slowest digesting macronutrient. If you exercise, if you lift weights, it's the one that is going to help you preserve your muscle mass and build new muscle mass, i.e. get toned, as they say. And then for the people who feel like maybe they're just never satisfied, they could always use a snack, they're just always ready to munch on something, a lot of those same people are ones that struggle to get enough protein in their life. Because again, they're not satisfied. They're not eating enough protein. So let's go. First of all, let's talk about guidelines. I think that's a, a good idea. How much protein would you recommend that the average Joe try to fit into their life? 0.7 grams per pound of body weight um, or goal body weight, depending on how much weight you have to lose. Like that's something that's mm -hmm. very important too, is if you're an individual with a lot of weight to lose, 0.7 times your body weight is just going to be an excessive amount of protein. So that said, you can do 0.7 times goal body weight. So people in general, like as a coach who's oh, yeah. worked with 
tons of clients, people struggle the most with getting protein. People don't always know what the best protein sources are anyway. So, Mm -hmm. you know, a lot of people like, yeah, I had a peanut butter sandwich for protein. And it's like, oh, Mm -hmm. okay. (laughs) (laughs) That's a fat, not a protein. (laughs) Yeah. So it really comes down to number one, knowing your protein options, knowing, you know, having leaner types of protein, leaner types of protein, like chicken breast is going to have more protein than having like a chicken thigh, which is going to have more fat, which isn't a bad thing. I'm not saying don't eat chicken thighs. (laughs) Right. They're better anyway, but still. (laughs) But if you're looking for the most bang for your buck, leaning towards a little bit leaner options. Now, if you want something a little bit more well-balanced, having chicken thighs is great. But overall, it's definitely not just a challenger issue. It's a in general issue. Like most people do not get enough protein. And when I have clients track for the first time, they're just like, I thought I ate a lot of protein. When in reality, they're not eating enough. Mm -hmm. Awareness, you know, that's the point of tracking is to learn what's in your food so you don't have to track forever. And yeah, people everywhere struggle with protein. I mean, there's a lot of of older folks that I talk to that they've been under eating protein for decades and they're really making some cool strides in that area because, you know, as you age, you you want to prevent the loss of muscle mass as much as possible. So that plus lifting. But yeah, I'd say chicken thighs are definitely more of a maintenance food. Nothing wrong with them. But I personally, and a lot of people do, tend to go towards chicken breast just because the ratio of protein to calories is just better for getting your protein in. And, you know, pro tip, you can mix both of them so you can still get the the fattier meat and the chicken breast. Yeah, I I love that idea. I love that idea. You know, and what I realize is when people talk about protein, and they talk about like, how do I get more protein? The What people usually think of is how do I get more of different sources of protein? When there's a really easy way to solve your protein problem, and that is to eat more protein at your meals, like increase the serving size of protein. So if you're eating three ounces of like, let's say chicken breast at lunch, you know, let's say you're having three ounces of chicken breast, you know, a half a cup of rice, you know, whatever, whatever you choose increase that three ounces to four or five ounces. Like that is such a simple way to do it. If you're eating eggs in the morning, instead of doing, you know, two eggs, do two eggs and three egg whites. Really simple things of just increasing the serving size of your leaner protein source is going to do wonders for you. Oh, absolutely. One piece of whitefish, two pieces of whitefish, easy double. One thing that I see a lot is that people, (laughs) it goes back to the constant underlying theme is people overcomplicate it, right? Trying to make casseroles and everything. Single ingredient meals are going to be the easiest to track. Yeah. It just is. You know, there's nothing wrong with casseroles and chilies and all of that. I personally like to make that kind of thing because it's just easier to have prepped and, you know, good to go. But... And this is the metaphor that we've been using in the challenge is that a lot of people are starting out as beginners, right? They're in kindergarten. Some of them are in preschool when it comes to tracking and learning to hit their target ranges. Making casseroles and chilies and figuring out how to divide all that up and get the protein and the fiber and all of that, that's like college. <laughs> that's high school or college. 
Um, and then just a side note, like somebody asked about informed eating yesterday, um, which I love that question. They said intuitive eating. I call it informed eating because once you know, it's a lot easier to practice moving away from tracking. But that's like a postdoc. <laughs> that is not that is not at the level that a lot of people are. And that's okay. It's a skill that you work up to. But that's what I'm talking about with like casseroles and chilies and soups and stews and stuff. So, you know, like everything, take it one step at a time and simplify it for yourself. Get those single ingredient proteins and just amp up the serving size. Yeah. And I think with things like casseroles and chilies and things like that, that people enjoy making because not only are they easy, but they are good. You're not really basing that meal around protein. And I think that that's another good segue into making sure that like, in general, basing your meals around protein and making the protein the main focus, because once you do that, it's super easy to find a carb and a fat to go with it. There's so many, so many other options that you can do for carbs and fats. So picking a base, finding what your protein source is and planning around that is really going to be your best bet. Same with snacks, having high protein snacks, whether that's a Greek yogurt and a string cheese, whether that's that's all I can think of right now because my brain's <laughs> farting. But that's something that I highly encourage you to look at is not only should your meals be focused on protein, but so should your snacks because protein is the hardest macronutrient to get in. Mm-hmm. And it's the macronutrient that's going to impact your total daily energy expenditure the most. So when we're looking at our total daily energy expenditure, we're looking at number one, our BMR. Then we're looking at our non-exercise activity thermogenesis. Then we're looking at our thermic effect of food. Then we're looking at our exercise activity. There are multiple things that we are looking at. And if we have our BMR, which is our body just keeping the lights on, how many, how much energy our body expends just to keep the lights on. The next thing is going to be your NEAT, your non-exercise activity thermogenesis. That's why we want you to get your steps in. That's why, Mm -hmm. you know, cleaning your house, things like that, those little things, walking your dog, those are your NEAT. That's going to contribute to increasing your total daily energy expenditure. The next thing on that list is the thermic effect of food. Thermic effect of food, meaning the amount of calories that your body burns is going to be higher to digest calories with a higher thermic effect of food. And the highest macronutrient is protein. So protein, digesting protein is going to burn more calories than digesting carbs and fats. And then of course you have your exercise activity at the end. So that's something that I think is really important to understand because once you realize that protein serves more than just a purpose of keeping you full, it actually contributes to increasing your metabolism. That's when it gets a little bit more, quote unquote, motivating to (laughs) continue to try to hit those protein numbers. Yeah. Protein and whole foods, baby. Obviously not saying you can't have the other stuff, but protein should be the focus. Mm -hmm. Now that you have your daily protein goal, let's say 130 grams just for a random number, You can divide that by three or four, three if you're not a snacker, four if you are a snacker, let's take four. That'd be about 32 grams per serving, per meal, per eating session. That is a manageable amount of protein. That would be 200 grams of a chicken breast. That would be an egg and 200 grams of egg whites. That would be 300 grams of low-fat cottage cheese. That's manageable for 
three meals and a snack. And, you know, if you want more than one snack, you can break that 32 up into smaller chunks. But something that really helps a lot of people is to front load their protein in the beginning of the day. So really think about your breakfast. Really think about how you can get protein at breakfast. And think outside the box a little bit. It doesn't have to be pancakes or waffles or breakfast sausage or whatever. It can be leftover, I don't know. It can be leftovers from the night before. It can be something that's not stereotypically breakfasty food to get that high protein earlier in the day so you don't feel like you're playing catch up for the rest of the day. Yeah, I really like your idea of dividing your daily protein into three to four. Now, I personally am a snacker, so I like to have about three meals and two snacks every day. And that's exactly what I do is I have three meals where it's like 30 to 40 grams of protein each meal. And then I have like 16 to 20 grams at my snacks. And one thing that I love doing is doing like a you know, low fat cottage cheese with some fruit, or I like to do a Greek yogurt, like an individual Greek yogurt with a string cheese, get a lot of protein in that way. There are so many different ways that you can do it, but I highly recommend like front loading your protein as well, but trying not to eat all of your protein before dinner time. Like you also want to be able to spread it out a little bit more just because that's going to keep you satiated more evenly throughout the day. Now, protein also serves other purposes too, like especially if you, you know, are somebody that struggles with pre-diabetes or anything like that, like it regulates your blood sugar. Yeah, it regulates your blood sugar yeah. and it helps regulate other hormones. So it's important to make sure that we're not having these highs and lows and these crashes. So making sure that, you know, you're breaking up your protein into nice even little little boxes is going to be helpful. Mhm. I don't personally do this because I like black coffee, but you know those little um, like premier protein shakes that are like 30 grams of protein, the chocolate ones? Oh, I know where you're going with this. Yeah, I protein do mocha. Oh, you do? I do okay. this, yes. So what I'll do is I bought last year, I bought a little espresso machine to keep it home. It was like 30 bucks on Amazon or 50 bucks on Amazon. And I make like three or four shots of espresso, I put it over ice and then I mix my protein shake with the shots. And it literally is like having a mocha in the morning. So if you're the type of person where you like your morning coffee and you also have a sweet tooth and your morning cup of coffee is more like a dessert, try a protein mocha. They are delicious. Super easy. 30 grams of protein right when you wake up. 160 I mean, calories. Hopefully you're drinking water right when you wake up. Yeah, but. well, drink water too. <laughs> right after your water, right after you wake up. Drink your water, you raisin. <laughs> Here's the deal, guys. The <laughs> the protein options don't really change. I'm asked all the time for like protein ideas. Look up a list. Look up a list of lean proteins. And now sometimes you have to do some cross-checking because literally two days ago, I saw a list of lean proteins and they put like beans and tofu on there. Tofu is actually pretty good, but beans, fantastic very high in fiber, very rich in nutrients, not exactly high protein, not exactly the best bang for your buck when you're looking for protein to calorie ratio. So think a little bit, maybe if you use a tracker app, plug some stuff in and just see how the macros work out. But there are so many super helpful lists of protein ideas online, just like basic chicken, whitefish, cottage cheese, etc. listed out for you. Take those lists, pick one, that sounds good. 
and practice building your meal around it. Protein, carb, something green, maybe some fruit, boom jams. Yeah. And I mean, if you're someone who is vegan or vegetarian, there are also a lot of other options for you too. So there's seitan, Mm -hmm. there's edamame, there's tofu, like Iris had said. There's so many different types of protein that you can still get. They have vegan protein powders. They have like the impossible burgers. They have, there's Mm -hmm. so many things that they have that have a lot of protein as well. So if you're vegan or vegetarian and you're listening to this, don't worry. We didn't forget about you. Protein, (laughs) however, is going to be harder for you to get. Yeah. It's a little bit more of a Tetris and it's a Tetris for the average carnivores. Carnivore. Oh gosh. No. Omnivore is what I meant to say. I was going to say, whoa, girl, (laughs) we're going to have to back this shit up. We're going to have to have a conversation. (laughs) (laughs) Oh no. Uh, For the average omnivore, it's already a little bit of a Tetris, right? Especially if you're not used to it. But what do we always say? The more you practice, the easier it gets. It's a skill. You'll have to do some adjusting. But I mean, like we've seen in this challenge already, day nine. (laughs) And I know a lot of you don't know what, what is going on with the challenge. That's okay. The point being is that already people are putting in the effort and they're seeing that these things can fit. They can get enough protein. They can reach their calorie targets. They can enjoy the foods that they like as well as the foods that they quote unquote should, you know, the nutrient dense whole food stuff. They're seeing that it's a Tetris game, but it can be done. And the more you're consistent, the more you practice it, the easier it'll get. And then in a year, two years, not to put timelines on anything because people learn it at their own pace and that's 100% okay. It'll just be second nature. You'll know what kind of proteins you like. You'll know what stuff you don't really like. And you can just build, as we say, that bank of repeatable, delicious, high-protein recipes that you can just go to. Sorry, I had to yawn. That's fine. (laughs) I get it. Yeah. I know as as somebody who preps their food and things like that each week, my first thing is what are my proteins going to be? And it takes Mm -hmm. a while to build that habit. So... When you're doing this, like when you are trying to learn, you know, when, you, when you're putting on your training wheels and you're trying to learn exactly what it is you need to be doing, whatever phase that you're in, making sure that regardless of the phase, you are putting protein first. Yeah, that's not just a deficit thing. I mean, it helps massively in a deficit, massively. But this is a life thing. And I will say protein does get a little bit less important when you get out of a deficit. Just saying. Another point to not being in a deficit for your entire life (laughs) or trying to be in one. Um, Just because the energy availability, your body is not going to necessarily want to automatically go right to your muscle first. And that's the point of amping up protein in a deficit is both satiety and muscle retention. That plus lifting. I just want to mention real quick, because I see it every once in a while, without lifting weights, I mean, you can eat all the protein in the world, but you're not going to build muscle tissue. No. You have to be lifting weights with progressive overload. I just want to put that out there as well. You'll still get some benefits of protein, but just consuming protein is not going to build you muscle tissue unless you're giving your body the signal, hey, (laughs) build me some muscle tissue. You have to give your body the stimulus of of actually strength training in order to have that quote unquote toned look like your body's not just going to naturally put on muscle. You have to work really hard to do that. So making sure that, you know, if 
that's the look that you're going for, making sure that your strength training is going to be especially important. Yep, yep. Plus lifting is cool, so everyone should do it. Lifting is cool as hell. Man, if I could just bottle that up and instill it into everybody's brain. Lifting is cool. And just show them the world that could open up for them if they start lifting weights. I mean, the world would be a better place. (laughs) (laughs) I-M-H-O. Yeah, I think that it's it's really important as you're moving (laughs) forward, really focusing on good information, valuable information, getting your protein in, making sure your deficit isn't too steep. Like there, there's so much that we've just covered. I hope that you, you know, take it to heart, take some notes. Agreed. And that's a wrap folks. Little quickie for you today, but some solid tips and tricks. You know, I, I hate that tips and tricks, but sometimes it just works. (laughs) It does work. It's because everybody wants the tips and tricks for everything. And you can't really get around the fact that like the biggest tips and tricks is to just try stuff and see what works for you. True. (laughs) You got to put in the effort. That is correct. Yes, ma'am. All righty. Well, thank you guys so much. Thanks for hanging out. And thanks for your messages. You know, we really appreciate when you let us know that you listen. And the tags. Yeah. Yeah. Share us to your social medias and uh, let us know. Share with your friends. We think we have a pretty cool pod. I mean, it's cool. <laughs> it's all right. No, no, no. It's all right. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's great. It's great. So, yeah, share it with your friends. Share it with someone you think needs to hear it. And we will talk to you soon. Okay, love you. Bye. Love you. Bye. Thanks for listening to Tater Talks, two bitches talk fitness. If you enjoyed the show, let us know by writing a review, subscribing wherever you like to listen to podcasts. Find me, Iris, on Instagram at Iris Deadlifts. And you can find me, Brooke, on Instagram at Get You a Brooke. We'll talk to you soon. Nice. Nice. <laughs>